Welcome to the Colonel Cast, the official podcast of the Curry College Athletics Department, a proud partner of your Curry College Colonels. Holy cow, it is October already. We are recording here on a beautiful fall morning. We have a special guest later on in the episode, but to start things off, I am here once again with our sports information director and assistant athletic director for communications, Chris McKeon. What up? And from 50 miles away in Leicester, Massachusetts, we are here with a member of the Curry College class of 2021. It's Brandon Clay. Wow, I kind of like that intro. You should do that every episode. Yeah, it gets a little yeah, long-winded, but too. it's not bad. I kind of like too. that. <laughs> As I said, we are going to be welcoming in a special guest later on in the episode, but to kick things off, we are going to jump into our trivia segment, and we are going to have Mr. Brandon Clay guess the sport. It's time to guess some of Curry's best. This is Guess the Sport. All right, Clay, so we challenged you last time with a bunch of athletes from the 90s. This time around, we're going to get a little more recent we are going to give you the members of the Curry College Hall of Fame class of 2018. Oh, it's pretty recent. Oh, there's yeah, definitely we've done, some athletes that I know. We've done one of them already. That was Lee Johnston. But we have three more members that you're going to have to guess today. So your first athlete from the class of 1993, it's Gavin Spittle. That's actually a pretty cool name, Gavin Spittle. He sounds like, just from the sound of his name, he sounds like a baseball player. I don't know why that's my gut feeling. I'm going to have to go with my gut and vote baseball from the class of 93. You are incorrect. That's, it's a baseball name. What, what could it be? We will come back and touch on this later. Yep. But right now, we are going to move on to our second Hall of Famer. Give me the name. What is it? From the class of 2008, we have Timothy Jones. He went by Tim Jones when he was a student athlete. Timothy Jones, also known as Tim Jones from when he went to Curry. Yes, sir. I want to say baseball again. I don't know why that sounds like a baseball name, but I don't think it is. So what I'm going to vote here for Tim Jones, that's a tough one. I'm not going to go baseball because that's what I went with last time. So I'm going to have to go with men's basketball here. Tim Jones sounds like a basketball name. I don't know how you did it, you but got that's it. correct. You got it. <laughs> Listen. If anyone wants me on their team, I'm batting like 300 right now. So that's great. <laughs> Higher than that. I think baseball's <laughs> on your mind because the playoffs start tonight, but we'll get into the third athlete here before we talk about that. Your third Curry Hall of Famer for today is Nicolette or Nikki McKay from the class of 2013. That sounds very familiar. It should sound very familiar. We talked about her when we were introducing the moments on the Best of Curry Bracket. She sounds very familiar. So she, is, she was a part of the Best of Curry Bracket. Right from the get-go, she sounds like a softball player, but I have to eliminate that choice because the only two other aspects of softball are Bruce Weckworth's coaching career and Katie Dara's softball career. So that eliminates that choice. So I'm going to go against my gut feeling here, and I'm going to have to vote women's lacrosse. You're definitely looking at the doc. I How did you get that? <laughs> that is random. You got I, it. On anything, I'm not looking. You got it. Wow. Good you job. Went, you I'm went two that for good. three today. That's all we've got. No, nobody is a two-sport athlete this time around. So you went two for three. Overall, now you're 10 for 17. That's pretty you good. Over 50%. You you're have to keep it that time. way. That's awesome. All right. So we made you hold on here for Gavin Spittle, class of 93. 
You were in the right season. So it has to be men's lacrosse. That's incorrect. Nope. What other sport happens? Hold on. Men's lacrosse, men's baseball. Was it tennis? It's tennis. tennis. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gavin Spittle, Hall of Fame tennis player. All right, Clyde. Nice job. We're going to move on here and give an update on the best of Curry Bracket and how voting has gone so far in round two. We have four head-to-head matchups. Through three days of voting, in matchup number one, the leader with 52% of the votes is the 2015 conference champion baseball team. Let's go. That's Chris's pick over my pick, which is the 2019 women's ice hockey team. But there's still time to come back. In matchup number two, the new leader is Emily Irwin's women's basketball career. As of yesterday, she was trailing, but she just took the lead, now has 51% of the votes, and is beating the 2008 men's soccer team. Clay, I'd like to thank you uh, because (laughs) Emily Irwin is the newest member of Team Paul. Listen, I don't know who allowed me to trade Emily Irwin's career. I have no (laughs) idea. But look at the percentage right there, 51.4% of the votes. That's a very close race regardless. Yeah, we still have seven full days of voting before winners are announced. So that could change. All of these could change. They're all pretty close right now. In matchup number three, the current leader with 57% of the votes is the 2019 volleyball team. Yeah, that one looks like it's going to win. 57% is a lot to come back from against Jack Vallely's amazing coaching career. Yeah, my pick. Yep. So we've got one more matchup here. In number four, the current leader with almost 60% of the votes so far, it's the 2019 National Champion Cheerleading Team. Again, 59.1% of the votes. That's not, I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good for the NCAA champions there. It's going to be one heck of a comeback if it happens from the 91 conference champion win in soccer team. But for now, cheerleading has the edge. All right, so next week we will announce the winners of each of these matchups who will go on to the finals of the Best of Curry Bracket. So before we bring in this week's special guest, we would like to take a moment to honor the life and legacy of Professor David Summergrad. Professor Summergrad had a huge impact on so many in the Curry College community. So to honor his impact and his memory, let's have a brief moment of silence. Thank you, everybody. Rest in peace, Professor Summergrad. With everything going on nowadays amongst the coronavirus pandemic, we're all going through new challenges that a lot of us probably haven't faced before. And the three of us will be the first to admit that we are not experts on this topic. But today's special guest is. We would like to welcome onto the Colonel Cast, the director of Curry College's Counseling Center, Thank you for joining us on the Colonel Cast. Welcome, Dr. Allison Markson. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So one question I have for you, for many people, mental health can be a very difficult topic to address. As a psychological wellness professional, can you articulate why it's so crucial to have these conversations anyway, despite being tough and sometimes scary? Absolutely. I think, you know, so many of us have come across situations where discussions about mental health, whether it's within our families or school or workplace, 
you know, there still remains a fair amount of stigma attached. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people worry about, well, if I talk about it, will people think I'm crazy? Or will they think less of me? Or that there's something wrong with me? Or possibly that if you are talking about mental health, does that mean that you're always going to be struggling with that particular issue? When in mm -hmm. fact, a mental health issue could be very time limited. I think what we find is, you know, for example, an episode of depression can be as short as two weeks. Wow. So yeah. if we think about that, there are probably many of us in the world who have had a two-week period where we may have technically met the criteria for a depressive disorder. And it does not mean anything bad about the person, but it does mean that somebody may be struggling. And I think for that reason, it's so important to have these conversations and to destigmatize a really difficult topic, to allow people to, you know, get information about mental health and to find out what sort of help is available. And I think apart from that, to know that they are not alone. You know, I think so many students, so many of all of us really can often feel alone in whatever struggles. And that can actually be part of a depressive episode, mm -hmm. is feeling alone. Mm -hmm. So I think having that chance to talk about mental health, talking about whatever issue is of concern, it kind of gives permission to talk about a really difficult topic that mm. most people don't want to talk about. Right. Yeah. yeah. Allison, I know this is somewhat of a hefty question, but what yeah. causes feelings of anxiety and depression and what is the difference between the two? That's a good question. So anxiety and depression are two classes of mental health disorders and there are various subtypes. So with depressive disorders, you know, like I said, you can have an episode as brief as two weeks. For some people, they could have recurring episodes. They might be intermittent. They could happen at different points over a person's lifespan. However, a depression can involve symptoms ranging from sadness, decreased motivation, decreased energy and concentration, decreased memory, so not remembering things as well. Sometimes people have aches and pains, you know, when they're feeling really depressed. It's very different for each person. Sometimes people are feeling really teary. They may experience a real lack of interest in things that they would normally enjoy doing. Maybe it's somebody who is involved in different hobbies. Maybe they're, you know, a student athlete. Mm -hmm. Their go-to things that they normally love and really enjoy just aren't working for them mm -hmm. anymore. And it doesn't mean that those feelings won't ever come back. But for example, in a depressive episode, nothing is feeling good. So, you know, if you're an athlete, maybe you feel like you're just off. You know, maybe you feel like you can't focus in the way that you normally do. Maybe you're feeling just really irritable, stressed out. Maybe you're feeling like things get under your skin mm -hmm. you know, more than they might otherwise. So I think those could be some indications of depression. When depression gets severe, it can at times have the impact that, you know, some individuals will have thoughts of suicide. They will have thoughts of taking their own life and feel very alone, worthless, helpless, hopeless. And I think those would be real indicators for safety concern from my Absolutely. point of view yeah. and that they really need immediate help. 
for anxiety, that really, again, that also there are a number of different anxiety types. So a lot of times people hear about things like panic disorder or panic attacks. You know, panic disorder is a subtype of anxiety. Um, there are individuals who really experience a more generalized anxiety. So I think anxiety is worry. And, you know, the way that I kind of think about it in a very broad sense is some anxiety is normal. You know, whether it's preparing for a game, you may feel like a little nervous or a little jazzed up, or maybe it's a test that you're studying for that you're thinking about, okay, I'm really going to ace it. I'm going to do this. I got this. You know, you know your plan, you've done your practice. But when anxiety goes beyond that, what really happens is that it takes up space in your life that prevents you from being you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. from yes. doing the things that you want to do. It focuses you on well, what if? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a trademark issue with anxiety. What if I you know, don't do well on my exam? What if I don't perform well in the game? What mm -hmm. if I do or don't get this job? What if you know, this relationship does or doesn't go the way that I want it to? Some anxiety is absolutely normal and can be motivating for us. Too much anxiety preoccupies us. It takes us out of the present moment we cannot focus on what's happening right now. We are instead worrying about what will or won't be. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about the what ifs of the future. And that could even include, well, what if I have anxiety? And exactly. so sometimes yeah. that can kind of rev us up and anxiety. We can also have physical sensations too. Mm -hmm. So everybody's different. Some people can have tingling in you know, their extremities. Some people can have you know, racing heartbeat. Some people can get headachey. Some people feel sick to their stomach. You know, there's no one way that anxiety looks, but I think those are some of the common ways that it might manifest both physically and emotionally. But I think what's characteristic for me about both issues is that they take away from being in the moment. Depression, we're often preoccupied with maybe things that have happened in the past or things that didn't go well. You know, we are sad. We, we might be angry. For men, you know, depression can look very different than for women. As I think, you know, we've we've all seen. For women, you know, we're often socialized to seek help much more readily, whereas I think a lot of men are encouraged to kind of man up, toughen mm -hmm. up, deal with it yourself. And there's nothing wrong with being independent. And sometimes it can look differently. And I think what we often find is that, you know, men tend to seek treatment later, and they're feeling worse by the time they get to us. So I think that you know, they can also experience feelings of irritability, anger, frustration, they may or may not identify sadness as, you know, sort of an immediate feeling of concern. Yeah. yeah. Recently in professional sports, Dak Prescott, who's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he came out and showed a lot of strength in saying that he struggled with depression through the loss of his brother and also through all the changes amongst COVID. And thankfully, the majority of people showed a lot of support for him um, in showing that strength and bravery and coming out and hopefully showing others that it's okay to seek help. There, there were a couple sources who still, unfortunately, are, are leaning on the stigma that it's showing weakness, but the majority have, have shut that down for the most part, thankfully, and, and have really showed him support. And in the times we live in, as we've all tried to navigate this new normal amongst the coronavirus pandemic, 
I don't want to put words into anyone else's mouths, but I feel safe in assuming that many of us have had some downtimes amongst all of these changes and having to break some of our routines and the like. Knowing that at least theoretically everyone is going through it, that may cause some hesitation where people could think other people are going through this too, which may make us minimize our true feelings and potentially symptoms. At what point do we need to step back and realize, yes, everybody is handling this in their own way, but... I think that what I'm feeling is something more and I might need help with this. Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. I mean, I think from my point of view, I do not believe any of us are 100% in the time of COVID. We're not. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we've come to know has changed. You know, our routine got changed. Students were shifted to online learning in the spring. They're now doing hybrid versions now. We have a mask policy on campus. We have, you know, visitor restrictions. The way that we can dine together has changed. So pretty much every aspect of how we live our lives has been affected in some fashion. And so I think that that's really hitting all of us in different ways. And in terms of, you know, when to seek help, my bias is seek help early. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you feel awful. Don't wait until you feel like you can't function. Don't wait until you feel so bad that you can't get out of bed. If you do decide to seek treatment at those points, Treatment is available, but I do encourage folks to try and come in earlier because mm -hmm. we can help to try and prevent symptoms from getting to that. Mm -hmm. So that could be through a combination of talk therapy, which we're currently offering at the Counseling Center through teletherapy. And for some people, it may also be that they might benefit from a trial of medication, whether it's for anxiety or depression, or it could also be talking with your primary care doctor. If a student does not feel ready or willing to go and talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychiatric nurse, talk to your primary care doctor. Talk to somebody who provides health care to you. you know, mm -hmm. Talk to someone you trust work with them to try and find out supports and resources that could support you, direct you in the right place, and that you know are going to have your back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think, you know, from my experience, we often find here at Curry that students, before they come to our door, virtual or otherwise, they've been thinking about it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've been to see a therapist before, Maybe a coach or a faculty member or a staff member has been encouraging them and just saying, hey, you know, you just don't seem like yourself. I'm really feeling kind of concerned about you. You know, a few off days here and there, but if it's going on for a while, you know, wow, it just seems like the last couple of weeks, you just haven't been feeling so great. Right. Is that true? So, and sometimes because of how they're experiencing their stress, they really notice the physical symptoms first. So sometimes maybe that's how you're talking to a trusted mentor, professional, or healthcare provider. Maybe it's because you're going into the health center and saying, you know, I keep having these headaches, or I'm having this muscle tension, or I can't sleep at night, or, you know, I'm having digestive issues. Those may also be indications that stress is amping up and that you might benefit from getting some mental health support. Mm -hmm. I was really happy to hear you mention teletherapy sessions because that's such a strong resource, especially now, because as we're going through all of this, we still have to wear masks and social distance and make good decisions. And something we've been saying in every episode is to hashtag keep curry safe. 
But thankfully, we are living and learning in such a strong and supportive community who wants everybody around them to be healthy and successful. So having those teletherapy sessions is a way that we can stay healthy, stay free from COVID, hopefully, but still get the help and support that we need. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for students, if they're not familiar with teletherapy, teletherapy would be similar to a Zoom, but we use a HIPAA compliant encrypted version of software that allows us to do a video session with a student if they agree to do so. Um, If they don't want to, then we could refer them to off-campus providers that might Mm -hmm. be accepting in-person clients. But due to public health guidelines, we are seeing people through telehealth until further notice. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, because of our telehealth setup right now, things are a little bit different. You know, we do still book appointments through the front desk for health and counseling. We are on campus. You know, we book appointments initially to do an intake evaluation. So that's where we're really doing an initial evaluation, figure out what you want to work on, how could we possibly help, and then come up with some short-term goals. So that might be, okay, I'd like you to come back for, you know, a couple of follow-up visits and we'll talk about kind of how you're managing your mood. It might also include, well, it sounds like maybe a trial of medication might be useful. Or in some cases, students are coming to us with much more specialized needs. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody's coming in and they need medication or if they really are wanting to work on some trauma specialized therapy, you know, then we might refer them to a specialist. But I think, you know, otherwise we can screen people for crisis through the telephone. If they need additional support, we'll schedule a video appointment with them. And then in addition to that, we have consistently and remain on call after hours. So what that means is that there is a licensed mental health professional from Curry who is accessible by phone and we can be reached through public safety, you know, and just asking for the counselor on call or going through the CD on duty. And again, asking for the counselor on call. And then they call us, we call back, we talk with the student, try to figure out what's going on. How can we make a plan for the night or the weekend? And then, you know, typically we'll encourage the student to come in and see us in this case, virtually again, but that would be a chance to get some follow-up support. Great. If there's somebody who may not be ready to reach out for help, but still is feeling some of these things, what can they or we do on our own to improve our psychological wellness? Great question. I think that there are a few things. I think as folks who care about students that might not yet be ready to seek Mm -hmm. professional help, I think you can check in with them regularly. How are you doing? You know, it seems like you've been kind of having a tough time. Talk to them about resources. Oh, you know, when you're ready, just want to let you know that these things are here for you. Let them know that there are other resources available besides therapy. So if they are not ready to speak with a clinician, they can, you know, download the TAO app, which is on the Counseling Center's self-help page on the website. Anybody with a Curry email address can log in for free. Um, You can do anonymous online self-help in regards to anxiety, depression, chronic pain, which I think is also really helpful for any folks who have, you know, sort of ongoing athletic injuries or Mm -hmm. other medical Mm -hmm. conditions. In regards to concerns about drinking, there's also a library of guided relaxation 
exercises in there. So that's something you can go in and it could be as short as two minutes or it could be longer. Another option would be a student isn't quite ready to meet with a clinician through an appointment here, but maybe they'd like to text somebody. So, you know, a fabulous resource is the crisis text line. And what you do is you text 741-741. And once you type that in and type in a message, that will automatically connect you to a hotline with trained staff who will be able to assist as if they were calling, you know, a hotline by phone. Mm -hmm. And you can do that 24-7. It doesn't cost anything. There's also the Trevor Fund and Steve Fund. So Trevor Fund is for LGBTQ young adults and Steve Fund is for students of color. So again, you can access these resources. We have them on our webpage, on the self-help page. So I think that there really are choices that students can use. And then I think in addition to that, they can also call us and say, what kind of resources do you have? And we will meet or talk with that student by phone or even with, it could be a faculty member, a staff member or a coach, you know, who's saying, hey, you know, I've got somebody, but I'm not sure that they're really ready. What do you have that I can share with them? And we will be glad to share that information. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing so many resources that we have, some of them right here physically on campus. We are going to get into a segment we touch on on every episode. One thing that we really want for all of our students and our student athletes is to feel welcome and to know that they are part of the Curry community. So this is Welcome Home Colonels. Welcome home. So with that, we just want to say a big shout out to Alexandra Borkoff from Newton, Mass., who's women's tennis. So Great. welcome back. Welcome, welcome Alexandra. Alexandra. All right. So we just have one more question for you here. If we neglected to ask it, Clay may have some words for us when he gets back. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, what did you do? Over the summer, apart from Curry, we found that we all spent some time outdoors. Vinny yeah. golfed. Jim, a CD, spent time with his family, as we all did. But what did you do for fun over break? So I spent a lot of time outdoors. I spent mm-hmm. time with my family and started to garden. Great. That's so, fantastic. You know, I hobby. Mm-hmm. claim any skill, but very enjoyable and very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, get out there and do something different and still working on it so yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) well dr markson thank you so much for joining us thank you for all of the information and resources you were able to provide for us and for our listeners even if we just helped one person with the information that was given today it will have been worth it i hope it's even more than one I, i hope that everybody who needs help and support is able to get it they know where to get it And thank you once again so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I couldn't agree more. You know, this is about baby steps. Mm -hmm. This is not a change. You know, when any of us are struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, or any other mental health issues, this is not an overnight fix. And as much as I wish that my staff and I had magic wands, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) don't, unfortunately. 
But it is really truly about the baby steps, you know, in the same way that I think athletes are practicing consistently, that they're working out consistently. You have to help your muscles adjust to what is being asked of them, right? It's the same thing with mental health. We are working bit by bit to try and figure out, okay, how are you feeling? How do we adjust your self-care? What kind of coping activities can you do? Who are your kind of go-to people? Who are the people that stress you out and bring you down? You know, I think those are also important things. So it is the baby steps and it's not that you have to change everything at once, but the baby steps really do help and they do matter. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Again, thank you. Thank you for joining us and have a great rest of your day. Oh, you too. Take care. All right. We don't have a whole lot of time to devote to this segment, this episode, but after the week we've had in professional sports, there's no way we can skip it. Here's what's happening around pro sports. Here is your weekly update on professional sports. It was a busy week three in the NFL. Uh, the Patriots moved to 2-1 and one with a 36-20 victory over the Oakland Raiders on Sunday at Gillette Stadium. Uh, the Pats were carried by their ground game, tallying 250 yards on 38 carries. Uh, that was led by Sony Michelle, who tallied 117 yards on nine carries. Rex Burkhead had a monster day with three touchdowns and 98 yards, rushing and receiving. Staying in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills held off the Los Angeles Rams 35-32. Buffalo led 21-3 at the half, but were outscored 29-14 in the second half. But Buffalo was able to hold on, which was shocking. (laughs) Yeah, they benefited from a last-second pass interference call. I probably would have called it defensive holding, but nonetheless, it was a penalty. Yeah, Josh Allen had a big day, passing for 311 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. Another huge game last week was the Falcons and the Bears. The Falcons led the Bears 26-10 after three quarters, but Chicago answered with a 20-point fourth quarter to win 30-26. The Falcons had a 16-point lead with six and a half minutes to go, and the Bears got three touchdown passes from backup Nick Foles. Following the game, Nick Foles was named the starter for week four. Yeah, I think the Packers' strategy next week on Monday night against the Falcons might just be to let up three unanswered touchdowns and then start playing. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. To round out the NFL, we had our first tie of the season. Uh, between the Eagles and the Bengals as they finished tied 23-23. Joe Burrow tossed a pair of touchdown passes to T. Higgins in regulation, and Carson Wentz dove into the end zone for the tying score in the final minute. Philadelphia's Jake Elliott lined up for a 59-yard field goal with 19 seconds left in overtime, but a false start on Matt Pryor forced the Eagles to punt it away and play for the tie. Yeah, and with that tie, the NFC East teams have combined to go 2-9-1 and one through three weeks. <laughs> Pretty competitive, if you ask me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> competitive with each other. <laughs> All right, the NHL bubble season wrapped up yesterday on Monday night as the Tampa Bay Lightning secured their second-ever Stanley Cup, beating the Dallas Stars in six games. One big reason for Tampa Bay's championship season was their performance in overtime in the bubble. We mentioned this a few times, but in each of the first three rounds, Tampa Bay eliminated their opponent in overtime. The Lightning played nine overtime games overall in the bubble. They were 7-2 and two in those games. They played 16 overtime periods and, again, allowed just two overtime goals. But 
both of those goals were allowed in closeout games where they could have advanced or won the cup with a win. But at the end of the day, they got the job done. So now we have to ask the question, does this championship get an asterisk? I would say sort of, but not necessarily in a bad way. I would say that they faced their own unique challenges that were different from previous quote-unquote normal seasons, but that in no way is to infer that this season was easier. But if you give an asterisk to one pro sport, you have to give them to all of the pro sport playoffs. Sure, and I think that's another conversation that we're going to have in about a week or so when the NBA crowns a champion. Still, I think there needs to be something denoting that this season was different, but in no way should that make it seem that this season was lesser. And while we're speaking of the NBA, Clay, why don't you give us an update there? After a very long and vigorous Eastern Conference final series, the Boston Celtics could not pull out the series win against the shocking five-seed Miami Heat, making their first trip to the NBA final since LeBron James took them in 2014. The young and some would say underrated Miami Heat team will face off on Wednesday against the not-so-surprising one-seed Los Angeles Lakers. So by the time you're listening today, you will know who won game one of the NBA Finals. Yeah, when this releases, we're going to be getting ready for game two in that series. And Clay, I know you love your little tidbits of history, so I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but this is the first time in NBA history that the two teams who are meeting in the Finals missed the playoffs the year before. It's a pretty interesting fact. Yeah, That's a fun that. fact. Yeah. So what this means for the Boston Celtics, we are not too sure, but they have seemed to come up short every year. So we are curious to see what the future holds for our Boston team. As you said, we don't yet know what the future holds for the Celtics, but we do know what the future doesn't hold for the Clippers. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so the Clippers <laughs> cut ties with Doc Rivers, probably a future Hall of Famer, but he won't be around in Los Angeles next year. We'll see where he winds up. I'm sure somebody is going to pick him up. But yeah, the Clippers decided to go in a different direction after their second round exit this year to the Nuggets. Do we have early picks for this year's champion? Yeah, I think just like I said in the NHL, my heart is going with the Heat, but my head is going with the Lakers. Yeah, I say Lakers in six. You, you are both wrong. The Heat are going to win in game five of the NBA Finals. You heard it here wow. first. You got, the you got them in five. Five games. I promise you, they are unstoppable this year. The young shooters, they were all underrated all season long, but players like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are going to take this team to the championship, and I promise sure. you. I hope you're right. I think the Heat definitely have a chance at winning it, but I also think that if this series ends in five, it's going to be in favor of the Lakers. If the Heat are going to win, it's going to take six or seven games. I am very excited to see how the Lakers perimeter defense will show off against the offensive unit like the Miami Heat. So that's one pro sports league whose playoffs are coming to an end. But one postseason that's just about to begin is that of Major League Baseball. Their playoffs start tonight, which is Tuesday again for us. So that's Tuesday the 29th. We have four games today. The American League wildcard series are each playing game one of those best of three series, the four National League series will kick off tomorrow. And really, by the time this releases, I think all of those series are going to be finished, but we don't have any results yet. I will say, though, since the Red Sox didn't make the playoffs, obviously, and I don't really have a horse in this race, what I am hoping to see is just a lot of divisional 
matchups. We only have one in the wild card series, which is the Rays and the Blue Jays, who come in as the number one and number eight seeds in the American League. But in the divisional series, we have the potential of seeing four different divisional matchups. If the Yankees beat the Indians in their best of three, they will play an American League East opponent in the divisional series because they'll get the winner of the Rays and Blue Jays series. We could see a divisional matchup if either the A's and Astros both win, they will face each other. Or if the reciprocal happens and the White Sox and Twins take their respective series, they'll face off and they are, of course, American League Central opponents. In the National League, we can go Dodgers-Padres or Brewers-Cardinals. So we could see a West or a Central matchup. And then in the final series, we could go Braves-Marlins, who went one and two in the National League East, or Cubs-Reds. So as I said, because my favorite team did not make the playoffs, I just want to see drama and the best way I see that happening is if we have a lot of divisional matchups in this postseason. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, we'd like you to check out Handshake, the college's new job app. If you're looking for a job on campus, please check out Handshake. And if you have any questions, please contact the Center for Career Development. All right, everybody. So we are going to jump into a brand new segment here. After speaking with Dr. Markson, we got a lot of information and a lot of resources on mental health and anxiety and depression earlier on in the episode. One way that I found that I'm able to combat anxiety is just having the ability and the willingness to laugh at myself. <laughs> so we're going to jump into this new segment that I have started calling Mr. Wrong. Some things we may say are not totally right. Here is Mr. Wrong. All right, so what we are going to do here, I have gone through each of our first five episodes, and I've picked out some things where we made predictions or handed out information that didn't really turn out to be correct. So we're going to have to go up against those and confront them and really just get a good laugh at ourselves here. So here is our first clip. It is from our most recent episode, episode five. We talked about the NFL playoffs, and I said this. There is a chance that we see the division winner and then the next two teams in the West make the playoffs with the two wild yeah, spots. There's that. a chance. Wrong. <laughs> what was that? So I said that as an argument that the Arizona Cardinals can't make the playoffs if the other three teams in their division do make the playoffs, basically. However, I was forgetting that the NFL expanded their playoffs this year. So because there are going to be three wildcard teams that come out of each conference, it is theoretically possible that all four teams from the same division could make the playoffs. So we could see that the NFC West division winner is obviously going to go to the playoffs, but then the next three teams could also join them in the postseason if they get each of the three wildcard spots in the NFC. In episode three, we drafted the moments from the best of Curry bracket, and I'm picking on myself here, but I said, you know what? It might be a little bit of a sleeper pick, but I'm going with the new guys, or gals. New girls. <laughs> the new gals. So I'm going to take the women's ice hockey team and their championship last year. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So as we found out after round one, women's ice hockey was not a sleeper whatsoever. They received the fourth most votes out of all 24 moments in the first round of the best of Curry bracket. So I am very willing to eat my words there. I apologize for calling you a sleeper. Not a sleeper at all. A very, very strong pick. And of course, we all know they went on to win their group in round one. And by the looks of it, it's still a pretty close race in round two going up against the 2015 baseball team. And they're only leading by 52.1%. So don't count them out. Yeah, they're trailing right now, but they still have plenty of time to make a comeback and make the finals. In episode two, before the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets faced off in game seven of their yep. first round series, Chris and I said this. I'm going Utah. <laughs> I haven't watched enough of the series, but I would really like to see the upset. I want Utah to take it. No! <laughs> and Clay, would you like to tell us who won that series? I mean, I wouldn't mind telling you guys, but <laughs> I'm not going to say I wasn't right either. But I was right on this pick, guys. You were very right. I was very right. They went on to beat the Utah Jazz coming back from a 3-1 to one deficit in the series. They went on to beat the Utah Jazz. And then two episodes later, I don't really want to relive this one, but we again put in picks for a Game 7, this time between the Nuggets and Clippers. I am taking the Nuggets again. I, I have faith in Jamal and Nikola. We'll see. Chris, who you got? I think I'll ride with Clay. Thank you. I'm going to go with the Nuggets. Thank you. All right. I'll be the lone wolf this time around. I got to go Kawhi and the Clippers. Oh! <laughs> Please, no! <laughs> <laughs> How do you come up with these things? <laughs> so I know all our listeners can't see me because, of course, this is an audio medium. But just trust me that my head is in my hands right now. Chris was that on one, my again, side. I got wrong. Denver won game seven and advanced. So. I don't even care that they lost the Lakers. It's very hard to beat the LA Lakers. I am so proud of the fact that me and Chris beat your pick. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on go. to the next clip. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Before the NFL season started, we talked about the Patriots quarterbacks, specifically Brian Hoyer. This is the second stint in New England, actually. No. So this one is minor, but it's not Brian Hoyer's second stint in New England. It's his third stint in New England. He started wow. his career with the Pats, then went to the Cardinals, Browns, Texans, Bears, then spent some time in San Francisco, came back to the Patriots, went to the Colts last year, and this year, he is once again back in a Patriots uniform. My guy, Brian Hoyer, is traveling the whole country before he's retiring. I love it. No kidding. So in that episode, we also chatted about the Patriots kickers. Uh, look for him to be a mentor to Patriots fifth-round pick Justin Warwasser. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will give yeah. you props to pronouncing the name amazingly correct. I agree. However... Warwasser did not even make the Patriots week one roster. He got cut. However, in Chris's defense, he's still on their practice squad. So technically he is still learning from Nick Folk. And speaking of kickers, I was a little too harsh on Steven Goskowski. Had a really, really rough start to the year. Last week in week one, missing his first four field goal attempts. This is wrong. All right. So 
Steven Goskowski did not miss his first four field goal attempts. He missed his first three field goal attempts. If he had missed his fourth attempt, the Titans would have started the season 0-1. However, he has been on fire since then, especially in week three. He went six for six, and in all three of the Titans games so far, he has kicked a field goal to put the Titans in the lead with under two minutes to go in regulation. In episode three, Clay went two for four in Guess the Sport, which we played again today. And then he told us, Next time it's going to be a passing grade. I promise you guys. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. 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 It was going to be a passing grade. I was so yeah, confident. So next time we played that, which was episode five, Clay, you went two for five. And the last I checked, 40% is not a passing grade. <laughs> You might be right. I still get an A for effort, guys. However, I will give you today, you went two for three and you got your passing grade. So what's my career? I'm still passing my career regardless. 10 for 17. You are not passing. You're a 10 for 17, which is over 50%. I'll take that. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. All right. Jumping back to our pilot episode again, I was talking about the Bruins' regular season success. Quote, unquote, four seed, even though they won the President's Cup. Nope. Yeah, in the NHL, the President's Cup does not exist. (laughs) The NHL regular season champion actually earns the President's Trophy. So I misspoke there. In my defense, the President's Trophy does sort of look like a cup. But it it was a cup. So in in all actuality, it is the President's Trophy. And in the same episode, we were talking about the Golden Knights 5-0 win over the Canucks in Game 1 of their second round series, which prompted me to say... I wouldn't be surprised to see a sweep in that series. No. Yeah. Um, Vegas did go on to win that series, but it took seven games after Vancouver almost came all the way back from a 3-1 deficit. So the Golden Knights won the series, but it was far from a sweep. Wow. Earlier in that episode, when we were talking about the Clippers Maverick series, I made what may have been my only accurate NBA prediction of the whole podcast, but y'all met me with some hard criticism. <laughs> Let's hear it. I think they're going to take the next two. With the the way that Paul George is playing right now, you just don't see how. He's just been disappeared from the court. He just hasn't been playing. Shooting-wise, it's just not not looking good for them. Wow. So as we all know now, the Clippers did go on to take the next two games. And in those two games, Paul George scored 50 points. Yeah, how do you do the whole playoffs, though? (laughs) He was great, wasn't he? That is not what's on trial right now. (laughs) (laughs) Quality over quantity. Playoff P. That's (laughs) not playoff P. Well, I was happy to get one accurate prediction in there. I hope you guys like the new segment. We'll probably touch again on this several weeks down the road. But yeah. I think that's my new favorite segment. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I hope so. We at the Colonel Cast, thank you so much for your continued support by listening every week and by keeping up with our social media posts. You can check us out on the official Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page by typing in Curry College Athletics. Check us out on our Instagram and Twitter pages by typing in Curry Colonels. You can also catch every episode on our official YouTube channel by typing in Curry Athletics. While you're checking out our socials, be sure to continue voting for the best of Curry bracket to narrow eight teams down to four. Voting for round two ends on October 5th. So be sure to get your votes in to make sure your favorite moment makes it to the final four of the best of Curry bracket. And it looks like that is everything we've got for this week's episode. I want to give another huge thank you to Dr. Allison Markson for coming on and chatting with us today. 
Chris, we'll see you next week. See ya. Clay, we will chat with you next week. Thank you again. I'll be back in the studio next week, too. I hope so. See you later, everybody. Happy October. Woo!